0: And cold in Dallas when I made my getaway. I outran a cold front when I gave my truck the ranks. Barreling down I 35 with one thought on my mind. Forget the race, find an open space. Hey the
1: there, son. howdy. <laughs> welcome in to the other side of texas i'm your host Jay west texas leeson glad you're here glad you're hanging out glad you're telling your friends that you hang out with us right here broadcasting from the racer car wash studios voted lubbock's best wash four or five years running do what i do stop into one of their five convenient locations across the hub city for the best wash around guaranteed racerwash.com gonna get into Uh, in the next little bit lots on the caravan this uh, caravan starting in Honduras and migrating its way up Mexico and uh, to the US border the president calling out and what that means is Texas of course Uh, the, the president putting 800 troops in play there and I don't understand it and on an issue like that, it's easy to come down and and draw assumptions and begin to tailor it to one's political leanings. I don't understand I understand maybe what the origins are, but so far as uh, questions like has is somebody sponsoring this? Is somebody paying for this? And what interests do they have? Are they Americans? Uh, and you hear lots of rumors about Middle Eastern folks being involved in those caravans a lot of speculation you know it's almost like you hear about how myths spread across take grapes grapes of wrath for for example tom jode the family was uh the jodes were emblematic of a lot of americans at that time who were called out West because people from the West would drop pamphlets in and they would go for for better future better lives and I don't I'm not drawing an analogy with the migration I'm drawing an analogy with the way that news still spreads even in this highly technological age where more information is computed every day than like in centuries combined previously uh, more information stacked up in data and But we still have this inkling of just going on suspicions, whether it's what the DNC says uh, about these folks or if it's what the Daily Caller or or, uh, right-wing platform has to say. I don't understand it. Uh, Somebody who understands the U.S. border, U.S.-Mexico border situation as well as anybody is Brandon Darby, and he will be in studio in short notice and by that i mean i don't know when he's going to be here but i think it will be uh here shortly uh i want to kick off let's draw in the sphere of focus and i appreciate you guys in dfw and houston and a ways off who have west texas roots and you tune in the program hotly contested issue i've talked about it before the lubbock county expo let's start here the Lubbock County Expo Center voting underway for the proposal you heard me come out originally ask questions bring to light a new federal law which may likely impact the ability to tax new uh, new taxes on car rentals uh, at the airport or car rental agencies that are permitted by the airport that's where I entered this fray to ask an honest question that is part of the ballot language rental cars as well as hotel occupancy taxes i went through hot taxes i went through some hot taxes yesterday but something else that's coming up on my radar and is what seems to be organized well not what seems to be what is organized opposition against the lubbock county expo center and it's called Lubbock for Lubbock taxpayers for transparency that's what their signs say now it's paid political advertising by uh, this organization which presumably is and we've got folks checking out the secretary of state's website some other sites to find some background on this But in that political advertising again Lubbock taxpayers for accountability I've got that I've got that West Texas smirk on my face because here we are this group is for accountability and they are for disclosure and they are for uh, a transparent government but this same group in transparency and disclosure and accountability none of their signs And I've not seen their TV ads yet but I've heard about them. Uh, The sign at the very least the signs do not indicate who the treasurer is and it begs a question of who is behind this group for accountability and that's more and more the tale in Texas politics. Because look, if you don't know much about elections, let's just talk about it for just a second. Uh, Texas politics, and I've said this before, I've quoted it before, Lyndon Baines Johnson used to quip, it's not the job of a politician to go around saying principled things. Well, it's not the job of political consultants or campaigns to practice ethical things, at least not in Texas. And there is a group there is an oversight agency in texas it's a texas ethics commission but they don't do anything more than slap hands and so questions i'm raising the question about what about a treasurer and you one would think well what they're doing is not is not square with the law so therefore take up the signs no 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 if what i'm on to is correct then you can't take up the signs you file a complaint months later maybe the texas ethics commission takes it up and maybe slaps a minor fine on the individuals texas politics is overseen by a toothless agency more toothful is truthful media and to raise the questions and raise awareness that here's a group for accountability ought to be accountable itself that's uh that's my thinking on the matter at least uh, somebody who's got plenty of thoughts about a lot of things uh brandon darby just walking in studio brandon darby on a friday weekend edition of your other side of texas how are you doing bud
0: i'm doing great Glad to see you. Glad to see you too, buddy.
1: Um, let's let's queue up. We got to go to break here in about two minutes. Cool. But for listeners, I'm going to look into this uh, this organization more and let you know what's going on because it is paid political opposition, and you deserve to know what's going on here, just like you deserve to know about rental car taxes and how that could impact the project my understanding is not much at this point so some closure there Brandon Darby managing editor of Breitbart Texas been a while since you've been in
0: been a little bit buddy
1: yeah you've been everywhere
0: been everywhere from Los Angeles to Houston to McAllen to you know I've been on the entire stretch of our border basically
1: over the last what duration? Of time? I don't
0: know, last month or so. I've been a lot of places. Um, ready? I was ready to be home, and I'm happy to be home. In fact, uh, when I drove home a few days back, it was raining, started raining heavy uh, in Tucson, and uh, it pretty much rained all the way. Uh, like I'm talking heavy rain. Uh, maybe a few bits of reprieve from it all the way to Seminole, you know, Hobbs, Seminole, and. It rained very heavy, and I drove. I was in a Jeep, and uh, I was happy to get home. Let me tell you, I'm happy to be home with my cows and just hanging out, man.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's get into the caravan whenever we get back in.
0: Caravan, and, oh, yeah. And yeah, I, I just,
1: I want to start at ground level because I've, I've said today on social media, I've said it to enter the program, this is a significant issue. And it's a time for responsible people to speak responsibly about how it's handled. We both know the country right now, partisanship. It's almost like a tinderbox at this point.
0: Well, it's like Yemen. It's it's we're we're devolving into clans and tribes. Yeah, and that's and this, when you get violence and you get crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we need to talk about the caravan. I, I I'm excited to talk about it. I hope that. I hope that your liberal listeners, uh, you know, don't turn the radio off and give me a chance to talk, and I hope that your conservative listeners give me a chance to talk, because there's a lot to say about it that I think both sides, all sides need to hear, um, and I'm I'm very concerned with the, the way the coverage of it is going, um, I'm very concerned with some of the attitudes, and I think that we're uh, all right to be concerned about it, but I think that we're being a little bit irrational. Uh, and we're hyper focusing on one thing when there's a, a lot more to look at.
1: Yep. I knew it would be a good addition. Stick right with us here. Gonna go make some money. Get back in with Brandon Darby. On the other side. Hey, we're back from the studios where Buddy Holly became famous, raving on. Gonna rave on Brandon Darby here in just a moment. This segment's brought to you by Title One, Lubbock's Digital Real Estate and Title Escrow Company, Title One. Is committed to providing you with the highest level of communication and service from the time the contract opens until it closes. See how Title One can serve your realty, consumer, and lending needs. Title1.com. Managing editor, Breitbart, Texas, Brandon Darby. Brandon, here's what I think. I think you are the, if not one of the leading, uh, most informed uh, reporters in this country on the border, and you have, at times, people have made exaggerating claims that you've had to call out publicly, and you've taken heat from that. People... Well, on
0: by both sides, but specifically, I get a lot of heat when I call out someone on the right for making fake claims. Yeah. yeah. It happens quite a bit, actually.
1: But that to say, you've handled it down the middle and taken rocks from... Both sides at times, all the time. So, with that laid out, let's talk about talk to us about the origins. Well, first of all, how how often do caravans form, and what are the origins of this particular caravan?
0: Well, I mean, let's be clear. Like, first off, I and I'm glad we're talking about the caravan because everyone is talking about the caravan, but I don't think everyone should be talking about the caravan. I'm going to tell you why. First off, yes, there's 7,000 people coming to our border, right? Historically, these caravans hit Mexico City, and they start to disperse. Some stay in Mexico City, some come to the U.S. in smaller groups. We, there's not a, a, there hasn't been a massive caravan that's come all the way to our border. That's probably not going to happen. First thing, it might happen, but historically, it doesn't. The second thing is all of the reports about, uh, you know. a a conservative right-wing group put out reports that a hundred Isis fighters were connected to the caravan that's obviously you know there's no evidence to suggest that's anywhere near true Um, in fact there's a lot of evidence to suggest it isn't true Um, there's reports that Middle Easterners are part of the caravan and they're coming and there might be terrorists well that's probably not true either Um, so and the third thing is, is that this year alone, we've had at least 400,000 people come across our border irregularly. And I'm going to say irregularly instead of illegally, and I'm sure some of my conservative brothers are probably and brethren are probably getting mad at me. But the reason I say that is very important, because it's not illegally. Uh, we have laws that allow people to apply for asylum. And in order to do that, we tell them they have to set foot on our soil and then request asylum. That's what our laws say. So rather than be mad at them and saying, oh, they're coming illegally, actually, they're following our laws. And what most people who come illegally, historically, are doing now is they're coming irregularly and they're requesting asylum, which is legal. So they are coming in between ports of entry, but they're looking for border patrol. They're not trying to hide from them. Um, And that's the majority of the people coming, not the supermajority, like probably 55 percent or so of the people, but they're they're actually coming and requesting asylum because word has gotten out that they can. Um, You may think that that's exploiting our laws, um, and I would I would tend to agree with that. But it still is legal. And so so the hyper well the hyper hold on now the hyper focus on the hyper focus on these people, uh, especially by Republican lawmakers pointing their finger at them is actually a way to divert attention from themselves because really what's going on right now is that Republicans have control of the the executive branch, they have control of Congress, of both houses of Congress. They could change the laws if they wanted to, um, but they don't want to. And And so the laws we have encourage this. It's not the only factor in that, but they do. So people are coming here because our laws allow them to come in this way. That's why people in that caravan are coming here is because our laws allow them to come that way. It sucks to live where they live. That's called a push factor. And then we have policies that encourage people to come. That's called a pull factor when we're talking about immigration and especially a migration or what we would have called illegal legal immigration. Uh, we have policies that allow this and so rather than change the laws, the Democrats also could have changed the laws too. They had 2009 and 10 when they could have. They were able to get ACA through, right? When Barack Obama was president, the Democrats had so much power in the House and Senate, they were able to get ACA through, the Health Care Act, um, and they could have been gotten immigration reform through and changed some of this stuff, but they didn't. The Republicans didn't either. So, so it's easier to blame the poor migrant, who who who's in a horrible situation coming here, than it is to to look at our own leaders when we're so tribal as a nation right now, right? To go, oh, the party we vote for has a responsibility here and has some part in why this is happening. Both parties have that responsibility, and both parties have a part in why this is happening. Now, I say that, and some people are probably getting mad at me, and no, I don't think we should allow them to stay. Um, I don't think we can allow everyone in the world to come here that way for a number of reasons. A lot of them have to do with us and our well-being, and a lot of them have to do with their own well-being and the well-being of their nations. Um, But the simple fact of the matter is, is our laws allow them to do this. Now, let's talk about why people are in a caravan. Are they in a caravan? to storm our border. Are they in a caravan um, uh, because the cartels want them to be or because, so they can hide terrorists? No. They're in a caravan because no one can come from Central America into the United States illegally or illicitly without paying criminal organizations to get here. They have to pay criminal organizations to get here. Um, when they pay those criminal organizations, they often can't afford to pay them, so they end up in in indentured servitude for many years. Up to eighty percent and that's not just Breitbart's reporting, that's the United Nations, Amnesty International. Like they they, they all have different estimates. But but up to eighty percent of the women who come from Central America are sexually assaulted on the journey here. That's a high percentage of people. There is the expectation of sexual assault so when people organize in a caravan, they're organizing in a caravan so that they cannot be exploited by the transnational criminal groups we call cartels. That's why they organize into a caravan. Um, if there is going to be a terrorist coming across our border, and there have been people connected to terrorism or on the known or suspected terror watch list who who have crossed our border, um, if they're going to do that, they're probably not going to do it with a caravan with 100 media cameras around, right? They're probably going to sneak in. They're probably going to have the resources to pay the Gulf Cartel or the Zetas to get in, and that's who they would pay. Or they would come into South Texas, right? Either the RGV sector, the Laredo sector, the Del Rio sector. But that's a whole other story. Um, And so these things are very important to point out. You know, it's important to point out, like, yeah, okay, there's seven thousand people coming here, but why do those seven thousand people matter more than the ten thousand who cross every month, like these people are doing? It's kind of weird, right? It's just kind so that's of. That's the
1: number. Two thousand every it, month. The the
0: most recent numbers that came out in the last forty eight hours, I believe, forty eight hours, yeah, maybe seventy two hours, uh, where that four hundred over four hundred thousand have um, have been apprehended at our southern border after having crossed into our country between ports of entry, and they estimate again in some some locations they estimate thirty percent, some estimate. Uh, 55%, they estimate that that's the percentage of people they catch, which means that in some sectors, the majority of people get into the country and get away. So these are just the people they've caught, and we've had over 400,000 just this year alone. That's a lot of people.
1: Brandon Darby, what are the requisites for asylum in order to get asylum um, status? You know, you know every, it's so
0: funny because you know people on Twitter, people on TV, people on radio shows, people... Always interacting with me, and they're like, "The law says this; these are the requirements, and economic migrants don't count," you know. And then other people are like, "No, the law allows this." Well, clearly, that's not black and white. If it were black and white, there wouldn't be immigration attorneys, right? right. Um, there wouldn't be any, you know. If 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 the tax code weren't complicated, we wouldn't have CPAs, right? And tax attorneys. It's complicated. It's not black and white. The same thing goes with immigration law, and the same thing goes with asylum law you know if 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 people from mexico were treated with the same standards as people from other places in the world they would be probably some of them would be cataloged as war refugees um in my opinion because i know what goes on there right you have uh, criminal you have paramilitary organizations controlling uh their territory and controlling their government and controlling their media outlets um killing people with impunity who challenge them that that would you know some issues there right uh you have the military and and Open clashes in the country. You know, the military is having to be used as a police force because the police forces work for the cartels or are overwhelmed. And so you have heavy machinery, heavy weaponry being used grenades, rocket launchers. This is the situation, you know, uh, war helicopters. You have the Mexican Marines uh engaging in open warfare with transnational paramilitary criminal groups we call cartels. Like that that's where they're at. So so the arguments could be made that they, they can come here. The arguments can be made that they can't. The arguments can be made that they're economic migrants. But then someone could say, well they're economic migrants and the economy can't flourish because of the violence from these paramilitary groups that control their countries. So it it's really not black and white. Um our current law does really allow them to come here and request asylum. And then because of our current laws and policies, once they request asylum, we generally can't keep them and we have to release them into the U.S. And the only other option, especially if they come with a kid, is to separate families. So we either, because we can't, by law, we can't, we can't keep the families uh, and the, the minors in detention together because we can't detain kids for the crime of the parent. It's a tricky situation, so the options are open it up, let everyone in, or detain the parents to prosecute them, and then you means you have to separate the families. It's a tricky situation, it's a messy situation, um, but the bottom line of it is is that we do have a problem on our southern border, we do have a problem with mass irregular migration. Uh, sometimes it's illegal migration, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just irregular, right, it's people requesting asylum. Uh, But we do have, you know, roughly 10,000 people a month doing this this year. Um, That's a big deal. And we have this caravan, and everyone's focused on it, hyper-focused. But I always remind people, I'm like, look, guys, our lawmakers have the the power to change policy. And they're not, you know. And it's easier for them to put out press releases and get on on Fox or get on CNN or get on whoever and point fingers at these people uh, than it is for them just to take responsibility for what they did I mean we all have if we have kids we know how that works or you know one kid hurts the other kid and then rather than say like okay I did that and I was wrong they go my hand hurts or you know (laughs) they try to divert your attention so you're not focused on them and what they did wrong and that's what our political leaders are doing right now and the people who pay for it are us who are paying the bills and paying taxes and these migrants those are the people paying for it
1: so just hold them up as a straw man and ask for votes in the midterm
0: that but both parties do it yeah i mean like i said the democrats had chance to the republicans have plenty of time and ample opportunity to change things too and neither party wants to um it's a wonderful wedge issue you know it's a wonderful way to fire up your base isn't it on both sides on both sides
1: uh stick with us we're going to take a quick break but here's what i want to get into whenever we get back your best guess you say you expect some of them a lot of them how many of ever of them to disband in mexico city I, don't, I can't
0: say I expect them. to. I, I, I can say historically, that's the what these history, the, yeah. that's what happens. Uh,
1: but for those who go forward, don't answer me now. Going to go to a break. Uh, where do you expect them to pop up?
0: Well, what's the one difference between this caravan and the one that happened two weeks prior? The one difference is it's happening right before midterm elections. You know, where are they they're going to pop up? I have no idea. Chances are they're not going to pop up in Texas. They're going to pop up in Arizona and California. And that's because of the nature of the cartels there. They, they tend to not exploit migrants as much as the Gulf cartel okay, in Los Angeles. Let's Santos. get
1: into those cartels. Stick right here with us. Quickie break. And uh, get back in hey, with back Brandon in, Darby. Stay right hear, where you are. What right goes here. on during the breaks on with the my buddy. Texas. Brandon Darby's segment as we close out brought to you by Lubbock File Room, providing safe and secure document storage and shredding services to Lubbock and the surrounding areas since 1992. Do you know somebody who needs, maybe you, somebody you know, needs some shredding services? You, uh, what do you got? You can give them a call there, 806-744-744. 7666, or go to lubbockfileroom.com. Carrying on with a couple of texts to get to, but first, what I teased before the break, Brandon Darby with us. If you're just tuning in, how about how long, based upon where these folks are until the big I cannot imagine a better made for TV event than when these folks arrive at the border, given the I, coverage it's been given so far.
0: Again, I don't like, I'm not so sure they're going to uh... in the in a way that's newsworthy you know like last time it was a group of of people crossed and and uh... turned themselves into border patrol and one of the people in the group acknowledged that they had been part of a previous caravan and then that's what normally happens you know maybe they're gonna march all the way to our border uh, i don't know and no one else does either like chances are they won't but they might Um if they do it'll it'll be a news debacle, right
1: so, so we watch this on the news, Brandon,
0: and then what'll happen is all of the left of center outlets uh will go down there and take a picture of a kid crying or a mom holding a baby, and all the right of center outlets will go down there and find the a guy with tattoos on his face who looks like m s thirteen you know and Trump then and Andy then we're Christ. all gonna yeah we're all everybody's gonna do what they normally do in their tribal stuff, and uh you know. The right media is going to focus on whether or not these people have scabies or something and health issues, and which they might because of the situations they've been in. The left media is going to focus on the baby and, and whether or not this baby is going to have a better life, and everybody is going to use it to beat the other party upon the head. But to
1: your point, no pragmatic policy will come about.
0: No, this. no pragmatic this policy. No, no, because policy is not going to change until we have an honest discussion about what goes on in the border. And I cannot think of anyone who's really being honest right now. You know, like, even the outlets I respect the most, and and I'm going to do this, and I know this is, and I'm going to do it in a very respectful way, because I know the editor is your friend, and I I like Ross Ramsey quite a bit. Uh, Respect him a whole lot. And I respect his outlet. I respect the Texas Tribune a lot. Um, But the Texas Tribune tends to focus on one small aspect of this um breitbart you know as a whole i think focuses on one small aspect of this i'm not saying breitbart's exempt from we tend to focus on the security threats um you know i'm not the only one at breitbart who writes about the border i have the border team but there's also other people who write about the border and write about border issues and sometimes i don't agree with that coverage but that's part of the the deal about more voices not less our whole motto is that if someone else is writing facts that are accurate I don't have to agree with them for them to publish it on Breitbart, right? I don't have to like their tone for them to publish it on Breitbart. I don't dictate everything Breitbart publishes. And I'm sure that, that Ross Ramsey doesn't dictate everything the Tribune publishes or focuses on. But but what the problem is is that none of us are really focusing on the, the holistic picture. Um, and we all have our reasons for that. And so none of us are really having... I think I am. I think, you know, I, I get a salary by Breitbart. I'm out very vocally on, I'm, I spend two or three hours a day on radio, like generally uh, talking to the public about this issue. But but I don't think that, that there's very many people with larger platforms. I don't think there's very many politicians actually having an honest discussion about what is happening here. And, and, um, and again, we're all focusing on either the caravan or we're focusing on babies at the border when both of those situations really don't. They really don't represent the entirety of what's occurring. What's occurring is that we have failed, failing nations south of our border, right? Regardless of how it got there, um, the left would tell you it's because of colonialism. The right would tell you it's because of socialist policies. Regardless, what we have right now is we have tens of millions of people south of our border in failing nations that are are largely controlled by criminal organizations. And people are fleeing those places like, like... jumping off of a sinking ship, okay? They're getting out of there because it sucks to live there and there's no opportunities there. And they're fleeing those places and they're coming here and we have policies that allow that. And politicians from both sides are beating each other upon the head with this and they're using it to mobilize their voter their bo- voter bases as get out the vote efforts. On, they're doing it on the backs of these people and on the backs of the U.S. taxpayer as well. So, so the situation is... Something that has to change, right? It has to change. We, we have to acknowledge that if we welcome people here, then a lot of people are going to come, and we're going to fuel the very systems that people are fleeing from in the first place in the process. We also have to recognize if we don't allow people to come, we have problems too. We're going to have to figure something out and have some honest discussions, and no one's having it.
1: Here's my proposition to you, Brandon Darby. <clears throat> it is the lack of coherent law and policy surrounding immigration the lack of uh, political fortitude to address the reform that brings about this caravan more than and you agree or disagree with this there are all these theories George Soros is has organized this caravan and there's money going out from liberal groups in America for me I'm thinking I read stories that it's passed around in Honduras on social media there's a caravan leaving hey I'm packing my bags I'm packing my bags and it also makes sense that we're having this conversation in October because why would a caravan leave in June to travel up across the equator and then up to here Uh, The timing would be right if you were traveling on foot for that long, given the uh, season. But do you buy into theories that this is organized? No, I mean, is it
0: organized? Of course it's organized. I mean, that doesn't just randomly happen. liberal
1: groups in America.
0: No, I don't really buy that. I I think that there might be some funding. uh, I think what's happening is probably a a large number of community organizers there are trying to help people they think that need a better life. That's what's happening. Like, that's that's what's going on do i think that some liberal groups fund it i'm sure just like you know if i sent money to a, to the catholic church in mexico city i'm funding it too they're going to provide some aid to those people because that's what they're supposed to do that's what their religion calls on them to do they're going to they're not going to tell them no you can't have water because i don't want to aid aid and abet you uh, uh, migrating to the us irregularly mm-hmm. they're not going to do that yeah. so so people can have those arguments but the bottom line is the real situation is Like I just said, their economies suck. Their economies can't get better because of security concerns because they live in failing nations that are controlled by criminal groups. Mm -hmm. That's what's going on. And they're going to keep leaving unless we fix it. And the only way it's ever going to get fixed is if people stay there and fix it. So, So in the long term, are we really helping people and humanity by allowing this just to go? I don't think we are.
1: James asking, and this is a term that we hear more and more in this election cycle, consider that the teaching of the lies of socialism in U.S. public schools is directly responsible for the diminishing U.S. labor pool. Socialism is weary, tired, hopeless, miserable, unprofitable, and works nowhere in the world. Any comment there?
0: Um Diminishing U.S. labor pool. What does he mean by that? Like, What is he talking about? I can't tell you.
1: James, you can... James,
0: I don't... No offense to you, but... um, You know, let's be honest, man. Like, you know, when we talk about socialism, obviously in my country, I don't want that, right? But when we talk about capitalism, and we talk about capitalism in Mexico or in El Salvador... What they have is a really abusive, messed up form of capitalism. I mean, they have a situation where they don't really have middle class, right? They have a few people with everything, who own everything and control everything, and then the vast majority who don't. That's what they have. That that's not a great starting point to go. Okay, let's have capitalism now. Like, it doesn't really. It 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 really is an abusive form of capitalism that they have. That's the so same thing. It's more thing. like an oligarchy. Uh, right, and and so. Uh, you know, I, 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 tend to hold my criticism of socialists in Latin America, uh, and I really don't have a criticism for them. You know, like I do, I think that, do I think that they've had real socialist d- democracies? Or, no, d- democratic socialism. No, just like I don't think they have real capitalism there. Um, it, it, it's a, it's much more complex than that, and we want to put everything into these boxes when we don't realize people live in different situations than we live in. But the bottom line is, is that our policies are encouraging this. It's not just our policies, okay. but our policies. Well, No, no. It's just, this is the big issue, is that our policies encourage it. Uh, callers are going to call in. People are going to text. They're going to be livid about this happening. But how many of them are texting Jody Arrington? How many of them are texting anybody in Congress or in Senate or the House and mad at them? How many of the Republicans who are mad about this are going to go to Ted Cruz and go, why didn't you fix this when you've been in there this long? you know how many of them are going to go to the democrats are going to go to Beto and be like hey you said the border was safe why didn't you talk about any of this other stuff associated with it when you said that you know like we have problems right now and we don't have leadership who's doing anything about
1: okay, it okay let's go to lease imagination congressman well, I feel like ma- we're there quite a bit buddy not man so I, I'm comfortable hey, there because I, 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 hang I agree out with, with you i agree with you lot. about 3 days a week um Let's say no longer managing editor of Breitbart, Texas, Congressman, Congressman Brandon Darby, give us three points to the immigration reform you'd put up. Immigration reform that I would put up? These gray issues.
0: Okay. The first thing I would do is I would take specific factions of Mexican cartels, maybe a faction of a criminal group in Guatemala, and I would declare them as foreign terror orgs. I would then go after the entire network behind them, not just the cartel figure and the drug dealer, but all the politicians, bankers, and everyone who launders their money, and I would make an example out of them. That's the first thing I would do. I would ruthlessly go after transnational criminal organizations who are poisoning U.S. citizens.
1: So now you're president, not just congressmen, Oh, but go ahead. And, uh, yeah,
0: I'm president, or, or this is what I would propose. This is what I would use my platform mm-hmm. to push for. Um, I would ruth, even the president couldn't really make that determination without a consensus, but okay, uh, this is what I would push for. I would ruthlessly go after transnational criminal organizations, and I would work on the security situations there. I would implement policies that say, if you come here illegally between ports of entry, if you sneak across our border or walk across our border between ports of entry, doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, how old you are, or what your situation is, you are going back. You will not come into our country this way. That's the second thing I would do. That would further disempower the cartels because the ones that would be declared foreign terror orgs, the most ruthless ones, make a third or more of their money from illegal immigration or irregular migration. That's what I would do. Um, and in addition to those things, I would make it easier for people to come legitimately into our country with worker permits and what have you. That would, again, take some of that pressure off. That's what I would do improving the security situations. Step one, improving the security situations in the home countries. That would make room for economic development, a stratified economic development, so that people did not, the the cartels would have a hard time. They'd have a hard time finding anybody to run their drugs or or, or be in their armies if they didn't have millions of people, young men, being raised in in a very macho society, Uh, where they believe they need to provide, which I I believe too, by the the way, but they need to provide for their families. They need to have power and status. They have no opportunities to have that. These guys go to them and say, hey, you know, you want a truck, you want money, you want a gun, you want power, you want prestige, you want to take care of your grandma? Come work with us. Well, they wouldn't be able to do that anymore if we got that out of the way. So again, going after that, changing immigration policy, and then also making worker visas, and uh, worker permits more easily obtainable for people to come legally. I think those things together would be very effective and would do a lot to to better our hemisphere.
1: About four minutes before we wrap up here, at Brandon Darby on Twitter, and you got thoughts on the program at OSTX Show on Twitter. Maybe you just tag both of us. Follow along, Brandon Darby there on Twitter. Uh, Darby, look, these 800 troops, and we this is where we started. I got a little nervous when I saw that news today because if used in the wrong way, uh, this could ignite in a, in a way that maybe we've not seen things ignite in the country. I don't want to sound alarms, but uh, these troops ought to be handled in the right way in whatever sort uh, of I'm gonna call
0: that out dude. Obama sent troops to the border like let's not like okay. he sent. I mean everyone sends troops to the border that's what the National Guard is for
1: okay so um, how best use these agents?
0: I, I mean the, the way that we've been using them the way that Obama used them you use them there you don't put them there um, yes they have to defend themselves if they need to because it is it is a dangerous spot and some of the areas are gonna go to but primarily what they are is they're human sensors. They're, they have mic- they have cameras, or, I mean, they have binoculars, they have scopes, they have radios, and it makes it more difficult for transnational criminal organizations to get drug shipments through, and it makes it more difficult for people to get through, and it be uh, 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 something that, that uh, they can either sneak in or look at Foul Furious in Brooks County in Texas. Um, Brooks County, we've had over 600 uh, migrants' bodies found in the last decade in brooks county you know like if if the national guard were there right Um, and and a few of those people got snuck in that would not have happened those migrants would not be dead so so send in national guard to the border and i see a lot of democrats going oh my god and it's like trump's doing exactly what barack obama did in the in a similar situation knock it off come on okay like that's what they're for these guys this isn't you know jade helm like like we're going to that's crazy stuff like that. no like we have a dangerous part of our country that's unruly we don't have eyes there we don't have proper sensors there the sensors they have there are from the vietnam era the vietnam like era um uh second hand stuff like like we're we're simply watching and securing our border these guys aren't going down there to take over the country or something they're not so wearing blue helmets
1: the Helm uh, 15 reference there i But, Darby, is this 800 related directly to the caravan, or is it a broader use?
0: Well, part of it is because, you know, somebody campaigned on securing the border and shutting down illegal immigration, and it didn't work in. And so, like, what do you do? You do the same thing Texas did. Let's be honest here, okay? And, again, I'm an Abbott voter. I'm going to vote for Abbott, right? I'm an Abbott voter. Uh, I voted for Rick Perry. Let's just be honest here, though. Those guys knew that there was a crisis on the border, Before my report came out, they knew it for many years. You're
1: talking about the children.
0: In in 2004, Well, this is the same thing. This is the same thing. These guys knew that there was a a crisis of people coming across our border, and nothing. there was some stuff done about it. But what did they do when there was political pressure? When I published those photos on June 4th of 2014, even though this had been going on for years— it was that week that they sent the National Guard to the border. National Guard to the border. Yes, they're necessary. Yes, it's great. But let's be honest of how they're they're used, right? That's what politicians do when they need to look tough is they send the National Guard to the border because they have to politically. That's what happens. And if that's not the case, then then I like I just told you, why are eight hundred going because these seven thousand are coming when ten thousand came this month and 10,000 came the month before and 10,000 came the month before and 10,000 came the month before because it's in the media and it's a political hot point. Why did Perry and Abbott and everyone send the guard to the border a week after my story came out? When when this same issue was existing the week before and the year before and two years before because it became a political flashpoint and that's what's going on here.
1: Uh, Becky, well before I get to Becky's text, today some feedback as we promoted today's show somebody said uh, well Breitbart no nothing else needed promoting that you're going to be on here and I want to take that to Becky's text and I'll paraphrase both and say this I've I've long said that your reporting doesn't easily fit into either party's political narrative and I th- I would think that within the company, and you don't have to air the company's stuff on air, but I just people expect whenever they say, whenever I say Brandon Darby, managing editor Breitbart Texas, they expect that they're going to hear a certain point of view. But lots of times, I would think intra-company, you may get some flack on that. Is there anything um, you take it because you
0: don't, let me say it this way I, to I, I'm gonna be right careful mind. with that like I don't want to air p- public stuff or private stuff um, I feel first off I feel very supported by my company um, I feel very supported you know the owner of the company is Larry Solov and Andrews family Andrew Breitbart's family um, and the Mercer's but that's a minority portion it's primarily the person runs it is Larry Solov um, he's been and I'm going to say this on air, he's been damn good to me as a person, as a human being, and and damn supportive of my team, right? Even though my team, it, it's true that it, it it we really take it seriously that people believe in us, and we tell the truth. Um, doesn't really matter to us if it pisses off Republicans or Democrats, we just say what's going on, and oftentimes it pisses off Republicans, right? Um, and Democrats, actually. Um We feel very supported. I I did get a whole lot of hell back when Bannon was running the show, but Bannon also supported me. But he also fired me a lot, right? I got in a lot of trouble all the time because I'm just doing, I, I just go where the facts are. Sometimes that doesn't fit. Sometimes it does fit the Republican narrative. That's why I vote Republican is because I tend to feel like the facts fit their narrative when it comes to the issues that I focus on. Um, but when it doesn't, I go with the facts anyways, and sometimes that can piss people off, especially if it's during a primary season or during an election season. People can get really mad at me, um, and that's okay with me, right? My life, I, you know this, because uh, your wife was my realtor, um, good realtor, by the way, Thanks. at charity, I thought to plug her, but, um, you know, not that I make a lot of money, but with my income, I could have bought a much larger house than I bought but instead i got a house that my mortgage is 550 a month plus taxes and insurance it's under 900 the reason i did that was because i didn't want to be owned by anyone i wanted to even though i could have bought a house that cost 3 times as much i, I thought you know what there's a chance i might lose my job over over this kind of stuff and and i want to make sure i can pay my bills even if i lose my job and i have to go work at home depot that's why I, my my lifestyle is set up the way it's set up Um, So I take it very, very seriously, and it affects my life that I take it seriously. To your callers or whoever says, oh, Breitbart, enough said. Well, here's the deal. There is no group doing more to bring a voice to communities in Mexico who are being silenced by cartels than Breitbart. You cannot read about the plight of migrants and not see Breitbart's reporting that is very loving to these people and very, very, very much telling their side of the story and what they go through. So for those people to think that means that they are people who don't care about migrants. If they cared about migrants, they would Google migrants and they would see my reporting and know that my reporting is not a bunch of bunk or Breitbart spin or whatever they wanna call it. So I would encourage them to be a little more open-minded. You know, I, I met a guy who got, he got robbed by a Mexican guy in a border sector and he was like, I just don't trust him now. And I was like, dude, just because you don't like some people from Mexico or someone from Mexico robbed you doesn't mean everyone from Mexico is gonna rob you. Okay? And I would encourage your listeners who who feel that way, or your Twitter followers, to to really reject the bigotry and 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 see nuance, right? We're we the, the world is not composed of a bunch of blocks and groups and um, that are homogenous, okay? We're all individuals and nuance does exist. Um, and I would encourage them to try to look at the world that way and look at my reporting. You know, like, if you follow me on Twitter, are you going to see me defend some right-wing people? Yeah, of course. You know, I'm ai am a right-wing person. Are you going to see me calling out sovereign citizens and calling out nut jobs like the Bundys? You are. Are you going to see me taking immense amount of flax Like today, somebody tweeted at me and said something like, we need to stop this herd of illegal alien invaders and I called them out, and I said, hey, wait a minute. We're talking about human beings. You know, I agree that we shouldn't just allow everybody to come here like this, but let's not forget that we're talking about human beings, okay? When we talk about human beings like they're animals, historically, bad things come from that. Let's not do it on my Twitter feed. So do you think I got a bunch of hell from that from people? Of course I do. you think I get hell when I say, no, it's not true, when the most popular groups on the right publish stories that there's ISIS armies in the caravan and I say that's a bunch of bunk you think that that's good for my my base I lose hundreds of Twitter followers when I do that hundreds but do you think I care not really I notice it I wish it weren't that way it makes me sad that people are so reactive but I routinely just say what's going on so I would I would ask people to give it a chance and really look at it you know and if you're bigotry and your inability to see nuance matters more to you than what migrants go through and what people go through in the most marginalized communities in Mexico, which are the most marginalized communities in our hemisphere, well, then go ahead and don't read what I write. But if it matters to you, you're going to have to because we're the only ones telling their story.
1: Brandon Darby, thank you for coming out, buddy. Uh, As always, really engaging. This will be up on our other side of Texas podcast, which can be found anywhere, Google Play, Stitcher, Uh, Apple, wherever you can get a podcast Uh, go check it out this weekend, share it with friends big story developing and I learned a lot I said, Brandon Darby's coming in the studio I'm going to learn about this issue I hope you've learned some stuff as well Uh, thanks again buddy
0: thank you, I'm just going to tell you right now I'm about to go eat some barbecue baby back ribs and some uh, macaroni and cheese that flavor together The barbecue ribs with the mac and cheese is just the bomb. And uh, I appreciate you having me on and getting me to come into town. Because if you hadn't done that, I would uh, be at home uh, eating something simple and and feeding uh, cattle cubes to my cows, you know.
1: Not uh, baby back ribs and macaroni. For Brandon Darby, uh, we close out this edition. Next week, man, we've got Hayden Pettigo. It just check out his name just go google it we'll have hayden pettigo next week uh gosh uh, of course ross ramsey scott braddock lots more coming up and cover it all and get more into what's going on in the weeds of lubbock politics That's what we do here Uh, thanks for tuning in thank you for telling friends we'll see you next time gonna get home gotta get home great family Above average dinner waiting for me. Rave on, buddies. See you next time on Other Side of Texas. On the on the and all the it's who we wanna be